Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined, as always, by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 179 of Twin Suns Transmission, and today we're going to be talking about our favorite bounty hunters. There's a lot of great bounty hunters out there, Jesse, but we each picked three of them, and we'll get into talking about that in a second. But before we do that, we do have another piece of sad news. It seems like the deaths in 2020 are piling up. We just had another member of the Star Wars family pass away um, this past week, and that is Wilford Brimley. And he played Noah from Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. He passed away on Saturday, and he was 85 years old. And Noah, um, he was sort of like the old man that Sindel encounters. Um, I believe Wicket also encounters him as well, and he sort of gives them a home and and things like that uh, in the film. So always sad when, when members of the Star Wars community pass away. All right, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on our favorite Star Wars bounty hunters. And Jesse, we'll start with you. Uh, like I said before, we each pick three of them. So who was your first one? So my first one that I picked was IG-11. Nice. <laughs> and um, he only barely, I think, counts as a bounty hunter, at least for the reasons why he's one of my favorites, <laughs> because he kind of is no longer a bounty hunter by the time he's my favorite of the bounty hunters, if that makes sense at all. He's a nurse <laughs> droid. Really. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's more when he's my favorite, but I just, I think we all kind of fell in love with IG-11, um, and I, kind of my theme here of my favorites, as you'll see as we go along, is that I like the honorable uh, bounty hunters uh, the most. Um, so I think IG-11 comes to fit that eventually, um, even though he starts as literally the epitome of, you know, no conscience. And obviously he's a droid, so he's just following programming, but... He's, he's on a mission, he's going to kill whatever they find, and it's baby, and he doesn't care, he's still going to kill it. Um, so obviously in that moment, hated him, but moving forward, he obviously gets reprogrammed by Khalil, and I just, I, I think everyone just fell in love with like watching him learn his new programming and learn not to squish wizard, lizards. Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just kind of becomes, he kind of like has, he, it's like Khalil gives him a conscience and kind of teaches him like, yes, we don't squish little tiny cute animals. And <laughs> that kind of like helps him 
in his nurse and protect for the child in the future. And yeah. He gets to serve his original programming kind of in the end to, to self-destruct, but in a in an honorable way to sacrifice himself um, for the child in their little clan. Yeah. I really like that scene where Quill has to to show IG-11 not to drop boxes on tiny animals. Like, it's just funny <laughs> to me. Like, like he, he he's teaching him how to pick things up and put them down some other place, but then a little animal, like, kind of, you know, runs by. And after he drops it, you see Quill, like, go over to him and is like, no, 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 see that thing? There was an animal under there. <laughs> like, it's just funny. It's just funny how, how they filmed that. But I agree. IG-11 is amazing. I really like how IG-11 was kind of how everyone thought IG-88 should be as a bounty hunter, you know. And we don't get to see IG-88 in action in canon Star Wars. Um, I know there are some books about him and even um, Shadows of the Empire. We get a version of IG-88 that you have to fight as Dash Rendar. But um, in the films, and I think they even talked about this in the um, the Disney Gallery show, IG-88 was literally like bolted to the ground and they just had him turning his head and things like that. And so when you get IG-11 and a lot of people thought after seeing like the first trailer, IG that was IG-88, come to find out it's actually IG-11, he has so many ways of moving you know his arms go behind his back and his you know torso twists and and they added so much movement to ig11 and yet he moves so slow like as he's walking he moves slow but his torso and his you know his like arm movements are so robotronic and i'm literally just like moving my arms right now like trying to describe like you guys can see me but yeah (laughs) just really fast like twisting your body left to right (laughs) so yeah i mean i think i was really upset when we first saw him get shot by mando and i was like man if that's it like they made ig11 to be up like this amazing character like we got action figures and Funko Pops and I'm like if he's literally in it for just like that one scene to decimate people that's gonna be so upsetting but (laughs) watching him fly in on a speeder with the child laughing as he kills people is you know it's unforgettable yeah he's awesome definitely watching him fight even before he had a conscience is is definitely part of what makes him my favorite because that like disjointed movement is just yeah. So fun to watch him wreck people like that. <laughs> yeah. And Taika Waititi is up for an Emmy for voicing IG-11, which is awesome. Much deserved. Yes. All right. For me, my first one is Cad Bane. I really like Cad Bane from the moment that we saw him in Hostage Crisis in Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1. I thought he was really cool. I liked the way his voice sounded. I liked his red eyes in contrast with his blue face and his big old cowboy hat. And then (laughs) as we got to see him continue on through that episode, he was just ruthless, you know? He kept all those senators in in that one room, and then he was going to blow up that part of the Senate building anyway. And he's considered, at the time of the Clone Wars, to be the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. 
So it was really cool to see Cad Bane kind of uh, continue on throughout the Clone Wars and even take on some Jedi. I mean, he fought Quinlan Voss and Obi-Wan Kenobi by himself and lived to tell the tale. So I think that was really cool. I loved watching him steal the holocron and kind of work with Palpatine to, to help him, um, you know, discover some of the, the young Jedi potentials throughout the galaxy. And then my favorite episodes with him are the ones in season four with the box and dealing with Reiko Hardeen, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Moralo Evol. We really get to see his untrusting nature, but even though he's untrusting and he's this bounty hunter, he's still kind of honorable because in certain you know instances when Moralo Evol is trying to kill Reiko Hardeen because he's surviving all these tests in his box, he's like, if you're going to kill him, kill him like a man, you know, and then they go in and <laughs> fight and stuff like that. I just think Cad Bane's awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. He's kind of one of those bad guys that you're almost rooting for him because he's so smooth and he is very cool with his cowboy hat. I love that you called it that. Um, and just like, it's like he always gets away, right? So it's almost like you just want him to keep getting away because his presence in a story always makes it more fun and more interesting. And yeah. you just want him to keep, just keep finding a way out, just keep getting away in his last second stitch efforts. He's got that very Western vibe to him with his hat and his, you know, twin blasters kind of at his sides and yeah. their holsters. And there was one scene, I think it was in season two, where he's waiting to get a transmission from Palpatine or something with the Children of the Force, like the beginning Holocron heist episodes, where he's got like a toothpick in his mouth. Um, I think it was in one of those episodes. It was one where he's got a toothpick. And then he, you know, <laughs> talking to Ahsoka... Hello there, little lady, you know, things like that. <laughs> or Padme, I don't know. He talks to one of them like that. And we'll have to finish this dance another time. You know, he's just, I just love the way he talks. Yeah, he's a classic Western villain for sure. He's hes definitely like some of that early Lucasfilm inspiration where they always talk about Westerns and, you know, samurais being their like base, most basic form of inspiration for the whole series. So it's cool that he kind of, gets to embody that a little more than most characters do. Yeah. And I have a Cad Bane costume. I've only worn it a couple times, um, but it's it's kind of uncomfortable. But it's really cool because I can, like, pull a little tab on my in the costume and my, like, his lip will snarl. It'll lift up a little bit on the face oh, mask and stuff. Oh, I know that. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. All right, <laughs> moving on. Who's your second bounty hunter? My second bounty hunter, I kind of was going back and forth between this bounty hunter and the next one I have coming up with, who is my favorite. Um, but for my second favorite, I went with Sugi. Okay. Um, I feel like she is the most true to a bounty hunter as um, any of my other choices that I made today. Um, she, again, I would consider an honorable bounty hunter because most of the time when we see Sugi and the jobs she um, takes... They all have pretty honorable means. Like she's not, she doesn't just have like a code that makes her less bad than the other. She's literally like a vigilante almost. I mean, yes, she's still getting paid. She's not, you know, out there fighting crime for free. But she picks jobs like protecting a farming colony on Felucia. Um, 
against Hondo Onaka and his pirates. And, and even when Hondo offers her double to switch sides and be with him, because, you know, he assumes that most bounty hunters can probably be swayed for, you know, a, a bigger bounty. Um, she's like, no, we don't break deals. This is the deal I made. I'm staying with my cute little farming dudes. And she stays and protects them with her bounty group, bounty hunter group. Um, so I think I, that's probably one of my favorite Sugi moments, um, as well as we also see her doing things such as rescuing uh, Chewbacca and Ahsoka and all the other Jedi younglings from that creepy Trandoshan moon that looks a lot like the embodiment of that book, The Most Dangerous Game, where they're hunting humans. Um <laughs> But so she's, she allows herself to be hired by the Wookiee General Tarful um, to rescue those guys. And um, obviously that is another honorable bounty. Um, and then later, I think what makes her my actual favorite is that she later becomes Aunt Suki um, for, to Jas Amari uh, for the Aftermath series. And yeah. we kind of get to hear Jazz kind of reminisce about her her cool aunt Suki that inspired her to become a bounty hunter and not only inspired her to become a bounty hunter but become an honorable um bounty hunter that um doesn't just fight doesn't just do it she does it because it's the right thing to do yeah I also remember there was one scene kind of um working for the huts and when Maul and Savage and Death Watch come she actually I mean she does what she can, but she doesn't mm -hmm. get killed by Maul, you know? So right. she can hold her own. Yeah, I love Suki. I think for me, my second one, um, I'm going to have to go with Embo. And I know we're going, uh, we, we've got a lot of uh, Clone Wars bounty hunters here, but the Clone Wars bounty hunters are, are absolutely awesome. In the episode, The Box... Embo is referred to having the second most bounty hunting tallies uh, for that season, second only to Cad Bane. He's got an amazing hat, which he not only throws, uses as a sled, <laughs> but also as a shield. I mean, he's just amazing. He's um, got like a crossbow type thing, and um, he battles Savage Press pretty well. I mean, he holds his own against Savage Press. Um, and considering how we first see Savage just decimate a bunch of Jedi and clones when we first see him take the temple um, on Deveron, I think holding your own against Savage Opress is, is quite the feat. Um, and I know that he was originally going to be killed off in the first episode, Bounty Hunters, in Season 2, but I don't know if it was if they felt like they had more for him in store, or if... They felt like he was going to become a fan favorite or what, but they allowed him to survive, and he continued on having scenes all the way up through season six, which is awesome. Um, and he's voiced by Dave Filoni. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think Dave Filoni just didn't want to kill his character that had a, uh, a wolf or a, an Anuba. <laughs> it's yeah. an Anuba, right? Yeah, Anuba. Yeah. Maroc. Yeah, I think he just couldn't bear to to kill off a wolf <laughs> <laughs> well i 
I had a husky named Embo, and I was trying to figure out a really cool name for him that sounds like a name for a husky. And as I kept going through names, I wanted to name it after something Star Wars, but not something like so mainstream. I wanted it to be a little bit mm -hmm. more obscure, and so I came across Embo. And so now Embo will always have a special place in my heart. He died when he was one years old from autoimmune meningitis, so his body was literally attacking itself and couldn't fix itself. So unfortunately, I had to put him down when he was one. Um, but Embo will always have a, a special spot in my heart for even just that reason. Yeah. All right, what's your final bounty hunter? So my final and um, arguably favorite uh, bounty hunter, I do go back and forth a little bit between her and Sugi, um, but is also um, Ventress, who is also a questionable bounty hunter, not bounty hunter, sometimes a bounty hunter, sometimes not a bounty hunter character. Um, <laughs> right. But um, I think my favorite Ventress moments are when she is a bounty hunter, because um, obviously she starts kind of returning to who she truly is um, when she's not delved into the depths of the dark side and consumed by vengeance and hatred. Um, she she turns bounty hunter um, after being betrayed by Dooku and losing everything, losing her um, night sister clan, um, and now she has nothing and she turns to being a bounty hunter. And even when she does that, she does so relatively honorably. So <clears throat> most notably her mission with um, Boba, um, and I think Bosk is there too, and Dengar. Yep. And their little group, and um, they are protecting a chest that Ventress later finds out has a little girl that has been kidnapped um, inside. And she actually, like, yells at Boba for not knowing, uh, realizing that there was an actual child in the chest, um, and ends up and she she makes the bounty she she gets it to where it's supposed to be um but she swaps the girl for boba in the chest and ends up returning the girl to to her home and taking a smaller bounty um for returning the the young girl so i i definitely i love that kind of honorable silly moment of her swapping boba into the chest um and kind of just taking the honorable route. Um, and then we get to see her again, kind of be a little bit more honorable when um, she originally is going after Ahsoka's bounty after she has been framed by Barriss Ophi for bombing the Jedi Temple. Um, she kind of allows Ahsoka to convince her that they have more in common um, than they have know differences and she agrees to start helping ahsoka in, a ch in exchange for testifying for her um on for her behalf um to the republic to get a pardon that doesn't last very long because barra sophie you know continues to ruin their lives but um <laughs> <laughs> but she did um she did agree to help ahsoka as much as she could yeah and that kind of backfired but i just feel like deep down ventress is is that like good heart, you know, Padawan that's just like mourning the loss of her master and mourning the loss of her home world and just having gone through literally everything that could have been taken away from her was taken away from her and still 
progresses as a character into a less dark place instead of going into a deeper, darker place. It actually brings her out of darkness. Um, so I think that's what I like most about about Ventress and her bounty hunter days. Yeah, I agree. I think she becomes extremely honorable as as she continues as a bounty hunter. And even in that episode you were talking about with the train and the chest and all that, um, it was interesting to see that she actually brought the payment back to the station and only took her cut out. I mean, she could have just left with all of that. I mean, she could have taken on Lazarazi and, and all of them probably by herself and just kept the entire loot for herself. But no, she separated her share and and gave everybody else the rest, you know, that they're owed and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think Ventress comes a long way. And I think her past really shows her growth, you know, going from where she yeah. was, what she goes through with Dooku, what she goes through with the Night Sisters, and then to become this honorable person later on, you know, I think, what does she say? Like, that's not my life anymore, or something to that extent. Like, I'm not that person anymore. That's what yeah. she says. So I think it's really amazing to see her character development grow i agree she also like later even becomes like a another kind of representation of balance almost in just a, a different way um like her and quinlan Voss, like she kind of teaches him the dark side but she does that from a place of like not being able to be consumed by it like yeah. she has this weird sense of balance that she 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 can self in the in that in the middle and not become consumed anymore yeah i love ventress yeah well speaking of character development and having kind of a terrible past i want to bring up my last one and i know some people might be like yeah yeah and other people might be like oh my god again but i feel (laughs) like no star wars bounty hunter discussions can go without talking about the most famous bounty hunter in the galaxy boba fett I think not only does he look absolutely amazing, but his story is one that I really feel like, um, kind of like Ventress in a way, you know, what we see of him in his past really defines who he becomes later on in life. And, you know, think about this boy created for, to be a son of this bounty hunter, right? He was an unaltered clone that was raised by Jango Fett. And during Jango Fett's time, he was probably the best bounty hunter in the galaxy or one of the top bounty hunters in the galaxy for Dooku to want him to be the clone template. Um, You know, so he was obviously really high up there, um, probably was going on missions all the time and probably brought Boba with him on many of those experiences. And so Boba lived a life of bounty hunting from the beginning and then seeing his dad get his head sliced off in front of him and after the battle's over going to pick up that helmet that belonged to your father, the only person that was, you know, that raised you. I mean, I'm sure he probably was was dealing with clones and stuff, but like that was your dad, you know, and you just watched him get his head chopped off. So obviously that that shapes Boba into the bounty hunter he becomes. But then if you think about his life after that, teaming up with Aura Singh and being forced to just murder his clone brothers in cold cold blood, I mean, Boba, while he was by himself, was setting his blaster to stun 
and he couldn't kill them. And then um, even when they're sending that transmission to Mace Windu in the Clone Wars, he he hesitates shooting Pons. And Aura just, like, shoots him right in the head, you know? And so I think being around all of that kind of really shapes Boba into the person that he becomes and the bounty hunter that he becomes. Now, we don't really get to see a ton of Boba in action throughout the original trilogy, um, but we do get to see him kind of track Han Solo to Bespin. We do see him working for Jabba and... I don't know. I think I think he is a very cool character, and I think um, if Boba does survive the Sarlacc pit, which I feel like at this point I don't know if Lucasfilm confirmed that he had survived the Sarlacc pit or not. I don't know. Um, but if you think about that scene in The Mandalorian where uh, Fennec Shand had gotten shot, and at the end of that episode you hear the spurs kind of clanging as as this mysterious characters walking toward Fennec Shand. That's the same spurs that we hear Boba, um, that we hear when Boba's walking on Cloud City. So maybe that's Boba, maybe it's not. I just think, especially throughout the Clone Wars where we get to see more of Boba's character development, you can't not include Boba in a bounty hunter discussion. I agree. I really hope we get more Boba in The Mandalorian just because of exactly what you mentioned. Like, we got so much of his young life we got to see him you know truly develop and then as an adult when everyone really fell in love with him in the original trilogy he's just kind of there so it would be cool to see him in action as an adult in that like original boba armor probably tweaked a little from getting you know wrecked by the sarlacc pit but (laughs) i really yeah really hope he shows up in mandalorian yeah, and to this day, I mean, I work at a collector's store, and anytime we get anything Boba Fett in, it could be art prints, it could be action figures, it could be clothing. I mean, Boba Fett stuff will continue to sell until the end of time, I feel like. So, definitely a popular character all around. All right, if you guys have your favorite bounty hunters or want to talk to us uh, or want to let us know your favorite bounty hunters, we'd love to hear from you guys. And you guys can shoot us those on our social media pages, which, Jesse, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all under the same handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 179, where Jesse and I talked all about our favorite bounty hunters. We'll see you next time, and as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Air Master, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut.
I'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Halloween. You started doing murder to me, I think.